Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Welcome back to the Church Planner Podcast. I'm Peyton Jones, and I'm here today with Andrew Hamilton. Andrew, welcome. G'day. Hey, going? Hey, that is not a San Diego accent. <laughs> well, they tell me Perth is the city in Australia most like San Diego, so so maybe that's nice. what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, that sounds good, and I'm looking out your back window, and I cannot disagree with what I'm seeing. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Andrew. He has served as the West Australian National Director of Forge Australia, but he has been bivocational for uh, and involved in pastoral leadership and mission in various forms for about 30 years, bivocational for most of it. He started an irrigation turf business and has operated this alongside of his pastoral role. So we are really excited to um, get to chat with you about this. And you've got a book. It's called The Future is Bivocational, shortlisted for Australian Christian Book of the Year. Not bad for a bivocational book. I mean, that it must be really good writing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the things you can do in your spare time, eh? <laughs> I say Man. to people, 2022 was the year I led two churches wrote two books and ran two businesses. So it was a busy year. Uh, we, we're slowing down in 2023. All right. So I got to ask, what did you do with your lockdown? Through lockdown, look, we were, we were one city in the world that really was minimally affected. We probably had six weeks of lockdown overall. Wow. And and that was very different to other parts of the world in that my, my, my business, my irrigation business, was allowed to go out and work. Uh, so nice. so we, we probably had two or three weeks where we weren't allowed to leave home. All right. So this is amazing because as we're doing this interview, it's funny. This was not by design. I happened to be doing irrigation and lawn and I hired a guy 
So I'm going to need Andrew for you to tell me some some pointers here as as homeowner <laughs> customer. But let's let's talk a little bit about your own journey. Like 30 years and most of it bivocational. That's impressive. Tell us a little bit about your journey. So look, it wasn't intentionally bivocational initially. I was a youth pastor who started working in his own church, and I was a physical education teacher. The church couldn't afford me full time, so I taught phys ed and really enjoyed. So I was working in Scarborough High School and Scarborough Baptist Church, the same suburb. So my kids that I taught on Friday afternoon in health education, the 40 boys, used to rock up to youth group on Friday night. And uh, so we'd see them there. But then I, I moved from there into the hills of Perth. I was a youth pastor, moved from that role into a senior pastor role within that church um, and became full time. But I, I had this burning thing about planting churches and I, I wanted the church to plant churches and the church said yes, but didn't think yes. Uh, I didn't really act yes. And eventually, um, I finished up leading a bunch of people to go and plant a church myself. So what actually happened was I sensed God saying, look, mate, just, just go and do it. Just just go and plant these churches. And, and so I asked four other families from that church if they would sell their houses and move 70 kilometres north to the, the beaches of Perth and buy blocks of land and start over again. So we... We actually set out intentionally as a missionary community, much like you would if you were going to a foreign country. And uh, we did that for about seven or eight years. Um, and then I moved into another local church role that, that ended up coming to an end. Moved into another local church role where I had this irrigation business and uh, I've, I've been doing that ever since. Yeah, we finished up there last year. We planted a church out of that other church and we finished up there last year. So it's been a you know, church planting has been kind of the thing for the last 15 years. So it's funny because, you know, sometimes we'll ask, was it Bivo by choice or by necessity? And I would mm. say for you, it started off necessity. Now it's by choice. Which aspects of the Bivo life do you feel allow you to be more effective in ministry? If you've chosen that, there's a good mm. reason. Oh, you know, I remember starting this irrigation business just for fun. That was all it was for. It was just a hobby thing to do. I heard how much irrigation guys were getting paid. I built a house and I heard how much irrigation guys were getting paid and I thought, I can do this stuff. So I got into it just for fun, just to fund the church planning. But along the way, I realised that Paul was really onto something. Mm. Um, because as a pastor, you know, you want to be in the community, you want to be part of people's lives, you can get to know people. And I was doing that far more effectively as a bivocational uh, irrigation worker than I ever was as a pastor, and uh, you know along the way I was I, I was getting to know local people. My my bobcat operator, my you know my electrician, all these guys. You know we ended up you know spending a lot of time with those guys, praying for them and getting to know them and sharing their lives. And and uh, I just thought, wow, this is incredible. So out of that came the book. Uh, out of that came this is the thing that I've learned. Uh, this is a great way to go. In fact, it's probably better. So uh, the future is bivocational. I think the future will be bivocational. It'll be forced on us because we won't like it, but I think we'll end up liking it. Fantastic. Well, okay. So I was bivocational and I, I can agree with you. I think that um, you always fear when you're not bivo of having to go get a secular job. And then once you get it, you go, this is okay. This isn't bad. But what is difficult about being bivo? What's difficult? Uh, I suppose it could be considered difficult that you can't do all the things that a regular pastor can do. But that's only difficult, I think, if the expectations are on you to do those things. 
So we were fairly clear early on that I'm good at speaking, I'm good at leading a team, I'm good at meeting with men, and I'll do those things. If anything else gets done, good, but mm-hmm. it might not. Um, yeah. That's why we had the rest of the team. So so what's difficult? Maybe balancing time, you know, maybe just, just coming home at the end of the day, having having worked in the sun for eight hours in, in some pretty heavy work, and then going, oh, I've got to preach this Sunday. Uh, I better get mm. my head in. You know, that's hard. Creativity yeah. gets yeah, no, I could, I could totally see that. It seems like uh, to what you're saying there that when, when people know you're working a full time job too, uh, mm-hmm. they do lower their expectations. They get a little more realistic. Like, oh yeah, he's he's out there. Would you say that people respect you differently when you're out there working all the time? Yeah, well, I had some of the men when they were between jobs would come and work with me, mm-hmm. and that was great because I don't think they had any idea how hard we worked. So they'd come out and they'd do a day's work and they'd go, okay, okay, <laughs> respect, yeah. So yeah. Uh, some of them yeah. would keep up and some of them would sort of pretty much give up. <laughs> I remember I remember being a window cleaner and these mm. these soft pasture hands, man, I'm telling you, you know, and you're hustling, time is money. Every, you know, you don't stop and talk to people. You know, you, you got you to gotta get those windows clean. But uh, some, sometimes when you hear this, Andrew, um, You'll hear people say Bivo is the biblical way, right? Whenever we get a hold of something, we'll we'll always mm-hmm. say like that's our default. What do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Is Bivo the biblical way? Look, I think you could probably make a better argument for it from the scriptures, but I don't think anything's the biblical way. Um, I don't think we're we're taught a biblical way to 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 lead churches. I think we've inherited um, from Christendom the the full time pastor mode. I mean, we've had that for how many years? And that's now our expectation. So we probably think that's biblical, but I don't think you could really argue a one biblical way. Yeah, and it is a biblical way. And I think that um, in many ways, it's it's a neglected way. It's one that we haven't really leaned into as much. That's why I'm glad that you have this book. Again, guys, the book is The Future is Bivocational, and I'm talking with Andrew Hamilton. Uh, it's funny with a podcast, you can't come partway through. So it's not like we're on the radio, but I just figured those of you listening, you were paying attention at the beginning. The book, again, the future is bivocational. That's because your planners, your ADD, but <laughs> Andrew Hamilton, um, Andrew. Uh, so what have been some of the real wins that have come out of you being bivo that may not have happened in a full-time uh, pastoral vocational model? Mm. Some of the wins have been the young men that I've been able to work with along the way. So, for example, we live 200 metres from the beach in WA and I surf and I was down there one night uh, just taking some photos of the ocean and I bumped into a young guy who was down there surfing this this reef that no one surfs. And as he got out of the water, I chatted to him and uh, we, we, we exchanged in- Instagrams, which is very, very Gen, Gen Z. Um, and... Uh, we stayed in touch, and as I walked off, I felt God said, just, just pray for him. And I prayed for him for about three months until one day he came. He's a local surfboard repairer. He came to fix one of my boards. And I said, look, Jake, I don't know you from Adam, but I'm praying for you, mate. What should you be praying for? Which is not a very Australian thing to do or a very blokey thing to do in Australia. Yeah. But he said, well, you know what, if we're being honest, you can pray for my mental health. And he started telling me his life journey. And 
a month later out in the surf and he said, hey, hey what's, uh, what's, what's irrigation like, Hammer? I wouldn't mind having a go. And I said, well, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's like this, it's like that. He said, do you need a hand? I said, not really. I said, maybe come October when the weather heats up, maybe. He rang me in October and said, when do I start? Wow. <laughs> and I this, this young guy, he's a big wave surfer, like, you know, you know, Mavericks, like you have yep. over there, you know, yep. big stuff. That's the stuff he surfs. Wow. He surfs monsters. And he's crazy and he's outrageous and he's loud and he's abrasive, but he's a lot of fun and mm. he's great. So he came and worked with me for six months. And in that six months, we discussed God surfing and sex every day. And just depend on what happened the night before is what we discussed the most. But that was amazing. And and he is still, you know, he's still part of our family, if you like, in the sense that he's lived with us. He's about the age of my kids. Um we helped him get his surfboard business off the ground the other day. You know, he had a little bit of investment there, so we we're able to loan him some money for a few years. Oh, nice. Free. You know, those sort of things are just gold. Um, so here's this young guy in our community who I really wouldn't have connected with ordinarily, but he gets to work with me, and I go from being an old dude to kind of being someone who's probably a bit, bit like his old, like he hoped his old man might have been. Mm, that's pretty yeah. cool, man. That's pretty cool. And there's, there's other stories, but that's just one, yeah. So uh, on a practical level, how have you had to manage your time to ensure that you're not going crazy, burnout, work overload? Yeah. Well, I, I was employed two days a week by the church. There's always that debate of whether Sunday counts. And I just thought, you know, what, we're making enough money not to worry about it because the irrigation business paid well. Um, so we said, I'm going to work Monday and Friday <clears throat> for the church. <clears throat> And I'm going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm just going to go like crazy and uh, work really hard in my business. And that worked pretty well. So most virtually until the business sort of came to the point where it was kind of popping and exploding, I was able to just get up Monday and chill and take it easy and Friday, you know, work in church work. So Monday was a bit of, you know, a bit of teaching prep in the morning, see some people in the afternoon. Friday was see people, finish that teaching and then, you know, Saturday was kind of a flow day and Sunday. One of the things that we did was we we took what I'd call an integrated approach to the BIVO work. So rather than saying this is a hard line between Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Monday and Friday, we said, you know, well, these things are going to bleed into each other sometimes and that's okay. And our church said that's okay too. So we didn't beat ourselves up if I had to go do a job on Monday or if, you know, I was doing some church work on a Wednesday. It was just, that was okay. That's yeah. good, man. I love it. Um, you know, it was funny because uh, when I wrote a book called Church Plantology, it was like a textbook for church planning. I put oh, really? a chapter in there that I stole. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, thanks. But I I Trojan horsed, uh, you know, a reproducible sustainability as a Brad Briscoe term uh, that I nicked from him. And <clears throat> and yet I, I wasn't going to put anything about that in there but i thought i can trojan horse everybody's thinking support and i yeah. trojan horse bible in there just literally that was the whole whole justification for putting that chapter yeah. in so we're we're definitely on the same team if yeah. somebody's listening today and they're like hey i think what andrew's saying here i i think uh, maybe this is more for me of course the world has changed since covid um what was true then is more true now and uh, how would you suggest that person listening who thinks, I think I want to move into a Bible life? How would you, what, what would you say to them? I just think if you can find something that you enjoy and, and that makes good money, 
then then that's ideal. That Hugh Holt has written his book on Bivo, and he says you so get good. smart jobs and you get dumb jobs. So a dumb job pays you poorly and locks you away in a room where you don't get to see anyone else. A smart job pays you well and you get to mix with the people you want to mix with. If you can find a smart job in your community that pays you well and you get to be around people you want to uh, engage with, that's ideal. Um, look, if, if it means going a dumb job, then you might do it because you've got to do it. But I don't know that's that productive. Maybe you have to. Um, yeah. But uh, it'd be ideal to find a job which which meets the criteria of engaging with people and making some money. Yeah. That's always the balance, you know, something that you love, something that pays well and something that puts you puts you away around people and gives you time to do other things. So um, let me ask you, if 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 you were asked, uh, okay, if we got to choose, right, our feet are to the fire, we got to flip a coin, um, Bivo or non-Bivo, what, where would you hope that lands, that coin, when you toss it? Are we going to hope it lands Bivo side up or full-time vocational pastor side up? If we had to choose, what would you choose and why? Look, that's a no-brainer for me these days. Uh, 15 years ago, I would have been hoping I got a full-time gig. These days, I just would not want someone to say to me, you have to spend five days working in a church community. Honestly, I sometimes wonder what I used to do for five days. And <laughs> that sounds terrible. But, you know, you can create work. You, you yeah. know, you can create work. You can network with other pastors. Yeah. And call it work. You've got to go to conferences and all that sort of stuff. And, look, it's not all bad. So I don't want to be cynical there. No. But hey, think- I, I force you into the corner. I asked the question. <laughs> Give me Bivo any day, any yeah, day. And I love help it. Me, and let me lead other people into that and help them experience it because I just think – it's it's often untested, I think. You know, it's funny because where I'm at now, I have the ability to just get funding for a church plant. I'm I'm planting now actively and the same. I just the church doesn't pay me a penny, doesn't pay anyone on my team a penny. We all have Bible jobs. And I I would one hundred percent agree with you because yeah. all the reasons you mentioned, freedom you know, uh, time, getting around people, relation. Like there's so many different reasons why I would mm. say to do that. Okay. The well, last one of the interesting things about Australia, I was going to say, is that we don't have this probably the same financial resource over here to fund church planning either. Yeah. I can't just raise $100,000 next week. Uh, that's a whole different story. Yeah. No. And, you know, it was like that for me for Wales. That was the first time that I, I was in old South Wales, not new South Wales. So, uh, but I was, uh, I was over there. I worked a factory because 9-11 hit, you know, COVID 1.0 um, hit way back then. And I, I, I had to, it was 19, no, it was 2001, wasn't it? So yeah, uh, is that right? Yeah, I, I think you're right. getting old. I'm getting old, Andrew. But uh, but the the last question I have for you is: How does it impact your family life, and how do you navigate that tension? It's been great. <laughs> My kids, for the first probably ten years of their life, thought that Dad was an irrigation guy. They didn't really know as a pastor. <laughs> they knew that I spoke at church quite often, but it's only been as they've become teenagers and got older they've realised that um, this is what I do. And it's actually created a lot of space for us to hang out. We actually homeschooled the kids for a few years. My wife did that. So we get to hang out a lot. We've travelled around Australia as as a family, you know, took took six months out and did that. 
Um, the flexibility of life is just fantastic. So, again, I, I, I could sell this stuff. <laughs> That's so, so cool. It has been wonderful. They, they, okay. they, it's been great. Well, okay, so I'm a, I lied to you. I'm going to ask you one more question. So I, I have this theory that Priscilla and Aquila funded Paul's 32 named workers, at least. You know, I mean, Luke was a doctor, sure. But, you know, the, there was quite a few people all over that they needed a job while they're doing this mission work. I kind of figured that that's what they were doing was tent making with Priscilla and Aquila, who had very successful businesses. Is this the kind of business where if people came to you and said, hey, Andrew, I would love to get into irrigation. Is it the kind of business where you could almost not franchise, but you know what I'm saying? Like you could train others up and release them. Boom, boom. I'm quite literally, I've sold the business as of two weeks ago. I'm training up two young Christian guys at the moment, one of whom's a youth pastor. Um, so these guys are basically taking off with this thing and and they've seen what what's possible. I don't think they came into it seeing that, but as they realised I was a pastor and they realised what we're talking about, they went, oh, okay, this is possible. Look, irrigation is one business. It's great. It's It's got upsides. It pays well. It's seasonal. Um, I've got another business I just started, which is called Mobile Vehicle Weighing. So I travel around... We call them caravan parks. I think you guys call them trailer parks. Yeah. We can go to them. We can weigh, weigh people's caravans. People want to know what their caravans weigh. So we would love wow. to, as we get a little bit older, move to some of the country towns where they find it hard to get pastors, help them out. Um, we can pay wow. ourselves by, by running this business. We can travel Australia. We can do all sorts with it. So so there's a whole bunch of different ideas out there. I think if you if you look hard enough, you'll find. I love it. Well, guys, my guest today has been Andrew Hamilton on behalf of NewburyTraining.com and Church Planner Podcast. I want to thank Andrew for coming on here. And I want to thank you, listener, for giving this time uh, to Andrew. But also, uh, do yourself a favor. Pick up his book, The Future is Bivocational. Uh, like I said earlier, is shortlisted for the Australian Christian book of the year. The future is bivocational. And if you're like wondering, you know, hey, will good books come out of Australia? Alan Hirsch, my friends, Alan Hirsch. And I'm I'm guessing you know him. I'm, I, I got to imagine. I figured. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right, guys, this has been Peyton Jones, Andrew Hamilton talking about uh, bivocational uh, ministering. And we want to thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Church Planner Podcast.